TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. That's hit a long way to left field. A grand slam for Carlos Santana. And the Indians bust it open. Seven to three. Dad, get it! That was it for me. I don't know about you guys. I had a movie starting across the street. Said, All right, that's it. Oh, heck no. I'm out. I thought you meant literally right no. this moment. No, no, You're no, like, no, that no. was a fun first place twin no, show. Yesterday. I was, I, they, I, uh, wait, 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 wait. We got to get this right. We got it right. We figured this out. It's, first tied, place it's no. tied for first that's place. It's tied for first place that's, twin show. It's too long, and Danny's not here. So it's the score north first place so, twin show. Semicolon blown lead. Hour number two. <laughs> 11 and a half games. Live from okay. Bomba Soda. He's going to be cynical. Of, 10, of course I'm going to be cynical. Magic number is 45. Of course. I'm gonna be cynical. I'm Robbie Mack. You just lost three of four to Cleveland. We were here for that first hour of the show, and there's cynical Judd Zolgad. A man who needs no introduction. How are you, Judd? Um, ecstatic. In I'm, what way? Okay, this weekend. What is wrong with you? This weekend you was mean the ecstatic. This weekend, top five all-time Zolgadian weekend. Okay, here's why. First of all, I, I know it's a baseball show, but the Vikings. Like, you've got no controversy, zero, everything is going according to plan, and you decide to shuffle your entire special teams, basically. Okay. And then, and then, it's not that the Twins lost. I'm not happy about that. They lost three of four. That's too bad. But the Tony Diaz weekend, boys, come on. When we can actually care about a third base coach this much, how much fun is that? I don't want to care about and a third-base coach. Oh, a third-base coach is like an offensive lineman or a yes. referee. It, I don't want to think about you. Oh, exactly, but that's what makes it so intriguing. And it's not just one, it's two plays. You. See, as, De- as Derek said to me in the clubhouse on, on Sunday, and the more I thought about this, Wetmore, you were 1,000% right. At least in my mind, there's no not linking the Puig decision on Saturday with the decision to send Adrianza on Sunday. Yeah, that's like right. I can't separate them. And and so the weekend for a third base coach, when's the last time we talked about a third base coach in, in this town? Alger probably. We Is were trying to it? come up with a nickname for Tony Diaz in the first hour of the show. We're still working on it. Patrick we're, went with we're uh, Turbo it. Tony. Turbo, Turbo Tony's Tony is pretty yep. good. Turbo Tony. Turbo he said Patrick t- Patrick said on Unchained, which will air this evening at six o'clock on this very station. Patrick said he spent two hours this morning attempting to find, going through and attempting to find the proper um, term to describe Tony Diaz. What was the one you read to me? Uh, Rami, you were talking about Tony, the windmill, but Tony Olay. Tony Olay. Yes. Yeah. No, Eddie Cedar in Milwaukee was often referred to as the windmill. The windmill. That's pretty good. Are, Don Quixote. Those are great. And, and the late Wendell Kim. Uh, Wendell Kim. Waving Wendell. Waving Wendell. Is Wendell Kim dead? Yeah, he passed away 2015. I did not know really? that. Alzheimer's, yeah. Did not know that. Wave. You can't, but you waving can't, Wendell. you can't beat the W there, right? Waving's the greatest. <laughs> Waving's the, the absolute greatest. But, but I will, I think the decision to send Adrianza on Sunday, given the circumstances, was really, really poor. So it, cause it, it's, it's, um, what second and third, one out, sacrifice fly scores the guy, the game's done. So infielding, I, I think that was yeah, almost any contact. They'd have pulled the infield. Exactly. In. Anything you got past the infield. What does that say win? about Jonathan Scope? Well, exactly. But, but Max Kepler was two batters late. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I didn't. I, I didn't like that one and found it to be an unwise move. 
But, you know, it's relays, right? And they can get screwed up. And so, no, but Judd, this is what I said to start the show. Like, Tony Diaz said it took two perfect throws. And that's what a lot of people have been saying. Even those who don't agree with it, they go, yeah, you can defend it. It took two perfect throws. It didn't. But they made two perfect throws. It was the perfect relay. But you could have had two bobbles somewhere in that relay and still got him. That's how far out he was. It was I'm with you. But to set my point up completely... It doesn't come close to one of the stupidest things I've ever seen a third base coach do on a baseball field all time, which is test the arm of Yasiel Puig. Thank you. Like, the night before. Like, Thank my, you. My wife, Dawn, does not watch baseball. She doesn't like it. She finds it boring. Okay? But if we had put her in the third base coach box on on Saturday night, and she sees C.J. Crone at second. And she's like, well, he's a burly guy. I bet he can't run well. And then she sees that mammoth of a man who, by the way, in person is fun to watch. Love it. But Yasiel Puig, she's not going to send C.J. Crone from second base. That's one of the stupidest, most inexcusable, dumb, undefensible, what are you thinking, this is how you lose your job, sends I've ever seen. And then the thing that really set me off, Judd, and I spent the whole first segment of the show red-faced ranting Vent about again. It. I turned my microphone Bring off. Bring it. it oh, no, no, no. Bring it. But to, to, I'm here for you, Ronnie. To stand by it afterwards. Like, people make mistakes. People screw up on the job. I've done it, but just own it. So I don't have any problem with that at all, actually. On Saturday? Or what? Sunday. Oh, when Tony Sunday. Diaz came out oh, after and spoke he, with the media when he could have ducked us, yeah, but he said say? instead... What's he going to say? Say, I screwed up. Bad decision. My bad, guys. I cost us one today. But That's this, what I want to hear. But account- accountability, this team, this team, you will never get it because it doesn't start with Rocco. That's right. He will not. Rocco Rocco said on Saturday night, and I just said, what did you think of the decision to send Crone? And Rocco said, it's a wet ball. Nobody wants to throw. No outfielder wants to throw a wet ball. I mean, look at Yasiel Puig, man. Looked like he wanted to, huh? Like that was a well, no, no. Rocco defended Diaz. I know, but yeah. but, but but I my expect point is, Rocco to defend him. I'm not looking for Rocco to throw anybody gonna... under the bus. I want Diaz to to uh, you own want him to jump under the bus. Save save Rocco the trouble. You know, in theory, I love that. But Derek, I don't think we're ever going to get that from these twins. These don't guys. do that. I get what you're saying, Rami, and I'm I do not, too. I'm not above that in in sports, in business, well, in heck, in radio. But yep. what I don't think Rocco Baldelli's twins are ever going to do is feel like they are accountable to us. They are accountable to themselves. They right. are accountable to the clubhouse and, okay. and to their bosses. Right. They don't care and what the, we I can, do. There I have can, been conversations. I guarantee I you privately there were conversations about Tony Diaz's work the past can, two days. I can get down with that. But if Thank if, you. If, yes. what is, if what is said behind closed doors, when Tony Diaz sits down with Rocco Baldelli and whoever else is involved with that decision well, is... I'll take that every time. Rocco. If I was in that situation again, I'd do it again. I would say, dude, it's been real. We're going to go in a different direction. Wow, that quick, huh? Seriously. <laughs> quick, you almost it's, made Judge I can't, I, can't have, I can't have a guy with that bad of, but jud- but, I, that bad of judgment no, the next big but, spot. But do you, I can't. But do you think for one second that, that when, when let's say, Falvey, Levine, Rocco, and Diaz sat down, do we think for one second that Diaz said, do it again, Privately, I get. I guarantee you, there's been a discussion about that, and the Puig decision was just stupid. Like beyond belief, Terrible. you can't ever do yeah. that again. But they, this team publicly, they have made it very clear they are not going to point fingers. They are not going to assess blame. And Derek's right. They, right or wrong, and it might be wrong. I don't know. They don't feel that they owe the public anything like that. They don't. You're right. They don't feel like. 
well, not to put ourselves in this conversation, but they don't feel like the score in a first place twin show needs the truth. And that's that's just for, for what – I'm not saying better or for worse. I'm just saying that's how they are. So Tony Diaz telling okay, us yesterday – I can swallow that. There you go. But I'm just saying – if that's a conversation that was had behind closed doors, you're moving on. A change needs to be made. <laughs> you update serious. your LinkedIn. I'm serious. Um, a change needs to be update made. Update your LinkedIn. Okay. They love Tony. I can tell you that. Well, and here's the problem. I, I've got two football comparisons, okay? First of all, the, the third base coach to me, and, and the one good thing about this is the twins are good, and so so we're actually talking about this because... Three years back, we'd be like, oh, you got a couple guys thrown out the plate. And, and people would say, I didn't watch the game. Who cares? Um, the, <laughs> no, the, he's right. The, the third base coach is the equivalent, when your baseball team is good, of the OC in football. The offensive coordinator is the easiest guy. And, and it's guys like Musgrave, right? Small play chart. He's an idiot. He's a Tony Diaz is now that. But, but the, the nuance or strategy that I think we saw is the third base coach's job is the same as in football clock management. And here's why. It's easy till it's not. Like you think to yourself, well, yeah, I mean, the ball goes to the wall. You're, you're going to wave them all in, right? And But the decisions, and they include who's up next, mm-hmm. who's up after that, mm-hmm. how many outs. And, and I'm, not sa- I'm not excusing Diaz because I do believe he screwed up. But I also think it becomes a very interesting conversation, and it's the same thing as saying, "Why wouldn't you call a timeout there?" Which is, which is in hindsight, super simple. That's right. But it's nuanced and it's difficult, and that is why that is why Tony Diaz, actually from the Twins' perspective, has been put in a difficult position because, if I'm not mistaken, he's in his 20th year as a professional baseball coach. And I do not believe, at least in the big leagues, he has ever coached third base before. It's fascinating because which is which which to me makes it tough because this is a good team and decisions have to be made. And Tony, I think, uh, spent the last two years as the Rockies' first base coach. Big difference there. First base coach, give me your shin guard. Big difference. Back, give me your shin guard again. Watch his move. He's got a good one. Exactly. <laughs> got my stopwatch out. But but I really think that that. This is the same as, as conversations that we've had for the last five or six years of what was Zim thinking with the clock? Why aren't you managing the clock smarter? It's being this aware of that. game situation. Right, but a lot of them too. Right. And and I am not I am not absolving Diaz of one thing. I just think that the conversation is really intriguing. Got a call uh, off the air um as just as we were starting this segment. Uh it wasn't from Turbo Tony, was it? No, uh, okay. it was a name nickname suggestion for Tony Diaz. Okay. Uh, Turnstile Tony. Turnstile Ooh. Tony. That's oh, a pretty like good that. one. I kind of like that. That's pretty good because we have never I'm had text the Patrick and see what he thinks of that we one. We have that's, never. That's worth that's elimination. strong. Well, Turnstile the call Tony. wasn't from Pat and Golden Valley. I assume. No, it was. <laughs> no, no, no. The, no. He's sticking with Turbo we've Tony. We've never had the problem of he's been too passive. Um, in fact, that's one of the factors involved here. We can go through if you guys. We're already talking about it. If you want to talk about all the factors, I do want to read you a quote from Rocco Baldelli though, because we asked, you know. Hey, yeah, that's a big play. Yep. I, and I said I can't remember exactly how I worded it, Judd. You got to correct me if I'm if I'm misrepresenting my question. But I asked if effectively after the game, is it? I mean, there's a ton of factors that go into this. I'm not going to pretend to understand all of them or know them all. Is it as simple as kind of doing like what I try to do in my head after the fact, which is if that's a fifty fifty play, 
I have to weigh that against the percentage chance that the next guy gets the job done, which is plating the runner in that spot. And Rocco, I think he cut me off before I finished the question and said, there's really no way to do that. And I'm quoting Rocco here now. He says, quote, if you want to try to break it down on paper after the game and not in our shoes, because we don't do that and never will. If anyone who's doing that thinks that there's a way or that that's the way it works, When it's out in the field, it's not. You have to take into account everything you know, all your instincts, and watch the play in front of you. There's no way. There's way too much going on. I'm sorry. Way too much going on to break it down to that level. He's talking about math and numbers. Right. He says at some point, you just say yes or no. We have tremendous faith in Tony, and you let him make his calls. Now, I agree with him, and I've heard some other insight like this behind the scenes about how he understands that we all have a job to do, of course, and he being Rocco, but everyone, they get we have a job to do. They get fans are going to watch a game in a different way than, say, Derek Shelton is going to watch a game. But that the things that happen in real time or when we tell Buxton not to dive for a ball or not to run into a wall and subluxate your shoulder – they're like, it's, I, I, I get, get it. They're like, I get it, but you can't. Like, that's not how it works in real speed. You're watching it in slow-mo no, replay. I get that, but if you're a third base coach, like it, do, it doesn't take math. It just takes, like Judd was saying, of being aware of game situation, of knowing C.J. Crone is slow and Yasiel Puig has a cannon Scabaya. attached to his right shoulder. <laughs> yes. Like you just need to know that, right? That's that's not math. That's not that's not diving deep into the analytics on the fly while you're being a third base coach. It's knowing that it's one out in the ninth inning and you just came back to tie it up from three one. And if you hold this guy right here, you're gonna have second and third with one out and Jonathan Scope and Max Kepler coming up. Like you just need to. That's not. That's not analytics. That is exactly what what Rocco is talking about right there, mm-hmm. which is knowing knowing your instincts, which is Instinct. watching the play unfold in front of you. You got to know that stuff, and you have to consider that. I like the passion and here. making that decision of waving that arm. This is good. I like this. You'll like our one. Yeah, go back and listen to the first second. You can find the podcast. Adrianza also just from a situational decision making standpoint is not that fast, and we all know that, and they know that. If that's Buxton, you know, the thought process... Oh, if that's Buxton, he probably catches the guy in front of him. Exactly. Buxton scores before Tony can win. Yeah, yeah, he scores right behind him. (laughs) But but you know know that Adrianza's not that quick. And so, and where I disagree with what Baldelli uh, said in the quote that you just read a little bit, Derek, is that, that you should be, if you're coaching third, it's bang, 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 but you also should be acutely aware of if this ball is hit there, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Like it shouldn't catch you by surprise. So it's very quick. I get that. But there also has to be. So the second that Adrianza and not Cave runs for Crone, I'm saying to myself, if this ball goes to the wall and the left, you know, field wall, there's a very good chance I can't score him. And I know that. Yeah, I think he was. There's only one read on the play, really. You gotta, you gotta know exactly everything Rami's talking about. You gotta know the fielders involved. So if it's left, it's Naquin, and probably the cut's gonna be Frankie Lindor. You, you just kind of sure. figure that's right. how they're gonna play it. Right. And you know that's a fairly strong relay. Okay, so that's that's one thing that you just have to know in your head, and you gotta know the game situation. And I have no question that Tony would have known all that stuff. This is his job, after all, and he takes it very seriously. He's very good at it. However. Mm. 
the one thing that he said, he told us after the fact, after this weekend, that he's reading on that play is how far advanced was Adrianza when the ball is fielded. And he said, I saw that he told us that he felt that Adrianza had such a good break on it that that was his read. He, he knows all the game situation. He knows the math and the gut and all that stuff. Right. And then he sees Adrianza's around third before he gets the ball. I think that might be where he made his decision. It probably is. And then it's like, okay, well, here, we got to stick it with it. Is. we got to live with it. Hopefully they throw it up the first baseline yeah. and he's safe. But how much of it has goes into, again, like the situation because there was only one out? I mean, does, this, well, does, does, that, does that decision look less egregious if there were two outs? I think I think a lot of people send him if there's two outs there. Mm-hmm. I think I think the four of us sitting in this studio send him if there's two outs. The outs go make, make it a happen. huge yeah. difference to me, yes. But if Jonathan Scope's not your last option, and then yeah, it's still against a lefty, but Max Kepler facing a tough lefty with guys on base and two outs with the game on the line, chance to win it. It's not 50%, but you got to think it's a, it's a decent number of times Max Kepler comes through in that situation. At least I think that's what a lot of people were expecting when they're criticizing the move today. Why do you think they didn't run Cave? I don't get that. Because, that doesn't make because, sense to because me. Cave's we, faster. Because we do know for a fact he's faster. Cave is faster. We have the numbers Like, why to show wouldn't that. you? And, and I said initially, I, I thought it was because of the uh, conundrum of who would go in for Crone at first base if we went to, to the top of the 10th, but I was wrong. Yeah, Cave could have gone to right. Marwin co- uh, yeah. could have gone to first. So that's right. That, that was absolutely wrong on my part. So there was no, there's really no compelling case not to run. Yeah, three bench options. It was Jake Cave, A. Ray Adrianza, and Jason Castro. You're not running Castro. <laughs> Let's slow it down a little bit. Just moving. Just, yeah. just, just getting that out there. If you're going to run Castro, you keep. But why, game. Might as well have run Castro. It if that's how you're sending guys. It, just, it could have been Jason well, Castro. Well, it wouldn't have mattered. Well, past, might have been an easier decision. The Cubs, actually, the Cubs, the Cubs fan has worked up, and I love that because <laughs> in Chicago. This poor guy on on uh, talk shows there would be absolutely from five a.m. Yeah. till the end yes. of the day. Tony Diaz's name would be on billboards around Chicago. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Manny? Well, Pat's theory is that they didn't run Cave because they don't trust Cave to be as I guess as smarter Smart. as a as a base runner as Adrianza, even though Cave is much faster. Well, Adrianza, if they if they think he's one of the smarter base runners on the team, I guess he's come a long way since last year when he got picked off. Oh, I think yeah. it was five hundred and fifty five well, times on the bases. And also this this is direction from the coach eventually, right? So it's like, okay, it's it's not the players decision, especially since the play is behind him completely it is on unusual. that, to go home. Is, yeah, is there, Cave just, dinged up, or does he have something? I don't think so, but, sure that's Ro- but that's Rocco. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is that that's is right. a Rocco, and, and I asked the, the question, and he basically just brushed the question aside and said, 80's our guy there, but yeah. he didn't really give an explanation. But that is a Rocco decision, and it's a key one of, okay, we just need as much speed, because Crohn's out, as, as we could possibly get, and guess what? He scores, you don't got to worry about who's playing first base in the top of the 10th inning. That's right. That's mm-hmm. It's not a problem. Right. And we're not talking about Tony Diaz today. Would Cave have scored on that play? Probably not. Because yeah. Adrianza was Derek out goes. by what felt like 50 yards. <laughs> well, it wasn't quite that much. <laughs> Do you know what we missed, it's gentlemen? Hyperbole, but Do you know, know what we missed on that play? Let's back up 10 years. And let's Stop say, it. And let's say C.J. Crone was running. <laughs> and let's say the catcher had the ball. You would have blasted the catcher into the on-deck circle. You would have blasted the ball behind first base. He'd be on the IL today, and guess what? We'd be seeing we're going to win twins because Crone would have touched the plate. Stop it. 
Pete Rose and Ray Fossey. Guess what? There ain't no stop sign there. There would be no debate or confusion about how he opened the show today. Tony Diaz would be hogpiling on Chrome. They'd be dumping Gatorade on, and there'd be a stretcher taking Plawicki off the field. <laughs> Because that's how God meant baseball to be. Stop it. <laughs> Answer your question on sprint speed. Does Jake Cave score there? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that he does. Adrianza, sprint speed, according to Baseball Savant, which is, I think this is a fairly competitive tracking system. Maybe teams have internal stuff that's better. I don't know. But it's reasonable. So, uh... A. Ray Adrianza is actually not really an upgrade from C.J. Crone in terms of foot speed. Now, there's more that goes into running the bases than foot speed. Well, but sure, yeah. They're basically both 26 feet per second, according to really? baseball savant. Yep. That's surpri- That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised by that. Adrianza is 26.3, Crone 26.2. So what'd you get? Yesterday? Yeah, what, what's the upgrade then? Like, I just assumed that, that the stat that you just read would be a wide discrepancy. It's not. No, obviously I was wrong. It's more like it might be what Rocco's talking about, like whether it's headiness or whatever, but Jay Cave is uh, about a second, uh, sorry, a foot and a half per second faster than those guys. He's 27.6. So you you are talking about maybe a little different play, but I do happen to know on that play, Adrianza was cooking at about Jake Cave's average sprint speed. So it's not... I, I think it's the wrong decision to run Adrianza there if you want to score from first base on a double, but I also don't think you can just say, we can sit here today and say, Cave scores, Adrianza doesn't, end of story. Sure. I, I, I think that's too probably simplistic after the fact. We're kind of retrofitting our argument at that point. Twins Vent Line is open 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. That's S-K-O-R North. That's how you follow us on all our various social media platforms. It's also how you can find the Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android. If you're on hold, hang right there. We'll get to your calls right after this on the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number 45, around 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile The Score North Twins Show. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. A drive left field. It's back. Going back. It's off the wall. Arise will score. Adrianza coming home. Throw to the plate. Is in time to cut him down. Gonzalez at second with two out. Yeah, they made a perfect relay, and uh, you have to make that call early, uh, earlier than you probably want to have to make that call. But um, Tony made a, a call on it, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna back his uh, his calls and his instincts out there as uh, as our third base coach. And uh, again, they made it they made a perfect relay, and we gave ourselves a chance to win the play, uh, win the game if they don't make that play. Highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North and Rocco Baldelli after the game defending Tony Diaz's decision to send Ari Adrianza who was uh, thrown out at the plate, which obviously led to eventually a Twins loss on the Carlos Santana Grand Slam half an inning later. This is the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number 45. I'm Rami Makhlouf, Derek Wetmore, Judd Zulgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. And let's actually uh, talk about the uh, top of the 10th when uh, Carlos Santana hit the Grand Slam home run off of Rogers to uh, bring a quick end to that game. All right, so Rocco never says what what he thinks. Like, Rocco never tells us, and it doesn't mean that he's not thoughtful at times. I think he tries to answer questions, but they're always going to be shaped in a positive way, and they're never going to be a true reflection of how he feels. 
But boys, let's go to Saturday night because Rocco doesn't have to talk to us consistently for us to figure out exactly what he what what is going on in his head. Saturday night, very interesting. Odo pitches a very good game, and and they take him out, and they should have. But the next guy up or the next guy in, Derek Wetmore, is not Duffy. It's not May. It's not any one of those guys. The must-win nature, I, I think, of the last two games, but certainly in that game, after having lost the first two to Cleveland, um, was I'm going to Romo for four outs and then Taylor for six outs, which is why I was surprised that, that he felt his hand was forced again on Sunday to pitch Taylor in that game as well. Um, but that was incredibly instructive of how Rocco felt and what Rocco's faith is consistently right now, and I think he's probably right, but in this bullpen. He's not the only one. Uh, no. We've talked about this, that it's a it's likely a communal decision for anyone who, 25 years ago, the manager gets the players and then the manager writes out the lineup and does everything. No, that's it's not like that anymore. It is, so I don't know how many people would have a hand in talking about what you're talking about, and I wasn't at Saturday's game, but have a hand in saying, high leverage spot, it goes to this guy. Mm-hmm. Unless this guy's not available, and then it goes to this guy. If it's a low leverage spot, or we have a big lead, or we're down six, you take your pick. That's okay. Just don't use the high leverage guys. That, to me, is... Uh, I think they're counting down the days till Sam Dyson is back available in this bullpen, and now you got three. And they're crossing themselves as well that Sam Dyson comes back and can be effective. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's Al- the other scary although thing. Although before that. he got to Minnesota, yeah. he was a great reliever for the Giants. So I'm very curious to see what happens. How soon? Because Dyson threw yesterday, Judd. He had a bullpen, and I had talked to him earlier in the week. He said he was feeling good. He was actually feeling pretty fine, given that he got to take a little bit of a step back. Probably not the way he wanted his twins career to start, and that's okay. We'll get past that. But that uh, you add him back into that mix, or Sergio Rome was available in some of those spots. Like the bullpen does start to look different when you got three guys that you'd put in any one of those spots versus maybe what you had earlier in this season, which is Taylor Rogers or bust. Twins vent line open 651 646 8255 or tweet us at score north s k o r north let's get in uh, billy in minneapolis he's been waiting patiently now he's on score north what's up billy hey thanks guys uh two things uh, uh okay you got Tweed's arm you got to know that that guy's got a great arm you know he he misjudged it or whatever but you also got to know Lindor took that cutoff and he has a great arm you got to think he's not going to make it i bet you 100 times Lindor makes that throw 90 times and my other point, uh, the, I think the real turning point in the season was when May gave up that homer in the third game in Cleveland after the All-Star break. We would have been up eight and a half, and Cleveland probably would have went into cell mode. But instead, he get, you know, they, they came back one, now they're six and a half, and I think the whole season changed right there. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for the call. Is that uh, Carlos Santana as well? I'm trying to remember. It was a lefty off I Trevor May on the curveball. I think it was Santana. Yep. Yeah. Went down and got it. Sunday that, afternoon. Yep, that's that, him. He's. It's good. It's a good point. Like you could have buried these guys, and it is different. They. I. I do think they were in cell mode. I think that Trevor Bauer for what they got this year, Reyes and Puig. Mm-hmm. I do think that's a step down in talent. But hey. 
Improves their offense a lot, though. It does I mean, improve their offense a, a lot. Huge difference. And when you can just pluck a guy yeah, off traded, the street and he is now a Cy Young contender, like it's a pretty good spot to yeah, be in. If you traded from a strength for a weakness, yeah. I, I, so I, I think they were kind of in sell mode, and yet, despite that, and maybe guys in the clubhouse, maybe guys don't view it that way because you got Trevor Bauer out of that clubhouse. But you've been playing seven hundred plus baseball. For two months now, so I don't think they're faced by much of anything. That's a damn good ball club right now. It's, Cleveland's a damn good club, and that pitching, which is going to get Kluber back at some point here, probably are fairly they this soon. Good, because I, I asked I asked Eric this in, in the first hour of the show. We're both pretty confident that this Twins team will get back to winning ways. They'll get healthier, easy schedule coming up, blah blah blah. Yep. But Jake Odorizzi said, and uh, I want to get the the clip right. He said, uh, "We know that." We know what type of team we are. At some point, the Indians are going to slow down and not win at an 800 clip or whatever they've been doing. Derek specified. It's actually a 710 clip, sir. Uh, but are Kill you... The, twins aside, yeah. Are how confident are you that the Indians are going to eventually cool off? Because that's going to have to happen. If they keep winning at this pace... I'm going Ooh. to look really bad at the end of the season for cutting the brakes, declaring the Indians dead and the Twins dead. Yeah, central front, champions. A lot of front-end damage that you're looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. Boys, with that pitching, and and their starters can work deep, which, which means their, their bullpen is good because they don't have to use their bullpen a ton. And, and then Hand comes in, and aside from blowing the save yesterday, is pretty doggone good. Here would be my concern if I'm the Twins. Because the Twins, we can all talk about they're going to get a run of Kansas City and Detroit and the White Sox and bad teams. I am now less confident, though, that even if Cleveland cools down here, that Cleveland is going to trip up badly at all. So I think Cleveland, the team that we saw in the past four days to me, is a better overall baseball team right now than the Twins. And I'm not sure that the Twins' schedule is going to mean that Cleveland's going to play all these tough games and fail. I think they'll slow down. I don't know that they're going to slow down enough where the Twins can actually, by playing uh, the Royals, White Sox, and those type of teams, can separate by a lot. I don't think Cleveland's going to go into a prolonged slump. I think their pitching's too good. 44 games to go for both teams. Identical records as of today. Judd, do you have confidence that the Twins can win this division still? I think they can, yeah. Okay, but me do, too. But do I think that, that it's a shoe-in now? For sure not. Not even close. No, I don't think anybody would and say that's a, And you know what, too? This is, this is a credit to Cleveland. And, and just as importantly, Cleveland's front office did a really good job. Like the Bauer trade, yeah, it probably stinks. It's a hell of a trade, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. That's a really good trade. And, and I think Cunningham told me the last time uh, that Cleveland came here to this trip in, I believe he said that he was told it was 13 roster spots had flipped. Wow. In season? That takes some cojones. That takes some work. That's not easy. It takes a little bit of desperation. Yeah, but I mean, but but the desperation can be, okay, we're just going to dump and bleep it, right. and the Twins are going to win, and they're up in June by 11 and a half, and we ain't catching them, or let's try and get clever here. Credit to them for doing that. I gave him some criticism over the winter for not making their team better. I did I, too, and I, I and I agreed with you. Yeah, and now like you they look let at Brantley the way, walk. Letting Brantley walk was a cheap move that I thought was really stupid. Yeah, so I don't disagree. But at some they point also in time, traded Encarnacion in the off season for Santana, though, which, which has turned right. out to be a stroke of genius because Carlos Santana has been absolutely great. But their ability to make in season moves and also this, gents. The pitching, 2000, 
2016 draft has yielded Cleveland three-fifths of their starting staff right now. <laughs> That's some ridiculous three fifths, scouting. Right in, there. Including Plesak, who they took in the 12th round. Wow. It's development, man. They've taken pitchers with talent and turned them into pitchers with ability and I have the stats here in front of me. I know you'll be shocked to learn that, but I was on Fangraphs.com earlier today. And since June 1st, which that's kind of around the date we start talking about this thing flipping, the Twins were 40 and 18 on June 2nd. Okay. And since then, 31 and 29, I think it is. Basically a 500 club. Since that time, that's when the Indians are playing 700 plus baseball, which is bananas. Starting rotation, the American League in that time. Cleveland Indians are number one in ERA, 3.38. The Twins are fifth. Good, but not Cleveland good. Right, right. Bullpen ERA. Yep. Since that time, June 1st. As a team, Cleveland first again in the American League. Oh, look at that. 3.23 ERA. The Twins are seventh. So the backdrop of this conversation is Cleveland's been amazing. Amazing. And it starts with the pitching. They do have a deeper lineup now, and Jose Ramirez is starting to play more like Jose Ramirez. Frank Lindor is still a star. It's a good team, but the reason they are winning more than two out of every three ball game for more than two months, gentlemen, is because their pitching top to bottom has just been great. Let's get in a quick call here before the break. Drew in Iowa, you're on the Score North first place Twins show. What's up, Drew? Hey guys, thanks for uh, taking my call. I think the guy that should be um, sending Tony Diaz a thank you card today is Jose Barrios. Um, I mean, giving up three runs in six innings, that's fine, but you need more than fine from your staff ace. And kind of since the All-Star break that game that Carlos Santana hit the homer to win in Cleveland back in July, Barrios started that game too. I think he got you like five or maybe six with three runs as well, which again is fine, but if you're going to be the ace, you got to do a little bit better than that. Um, and then in that Oakland start as well, he gave up zero runs, but he didn't get you any length, and that's the game that they had to extend Taylor Rogers, and he gave up the lead as well. So really the only team he's mowed down is the, is the Marlins, and the rest of the time he just hasn't pitched like an ace. And when you have Barrios versus Fulton Awich against the Braves, and you don't win that game, and that Barrios versus Savale yesterday, um, and you don't win that game, that really hurts. So uh, thanks for taking my call, and – um, hopefully things get better for Barrios going down the stretch. Yeah, man. Appreciate thanks. the call, Drew. Thanks for listening all the way from Iowa. Appreciate it. Uh, the app does extend down there for anyone that's curious. And it's free. He is bringing up an interesting point. Like, Barrios, since the All-Star break, six starts, Barri- 4.21 ERA. Barrios is... Um, uh, that ERA is deceiving, though. I mean, it was, what, he gave nine, up nine, nine runs, runs in well, one start? Did anybody else give up those nine runs, or was that him? No, but I mean... He hasn't given up more than four earned runs what? Ex- except for that since mid-May. Here, Second point. Here's my here's my thing. Now, one, Brios started the game on Sunday incredibly shaky, and actually, I, I thought made adjustments and came back and pitched pretty well. I am I am now concerned though, not about him like that he's going to stink. I'm concerned about the velo though. Sure, that's this stuff slow. E not, not now he he did get the one strikeout against Puig right. Where he reached back, I think it was ninety four, ninety five, and that was that time. That that was impressive, but overall, these past two starts, something's off there. Yeah, Manny pointed it out to us on the show last week that actually dating back to the Marlins start. So Marlins and Braves, the velo that we typically see sit ninety four ish 
work up into sometimes he can hit 95. And it was 91-92. 91-92 in both of those on Sunday starts. as well, I think, yeah. Yep, he was sitting a lot 91-92. Now, he did have a bigger fastball than that, and he, I, I, it might have just been like strategically using it. But didn't feel like it. Did I've kind of asked around about that, and the t- there's not a high degree of concern on the twin side of things for what that for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I was going to say. But again, Brios is a guy to the caller's point. Like you do, kind of want. I I don't want to say that you should dial up expectations so much higher for him than for anybody else because you should have high expectations for anybody who's taking the ball. Uh, Martin Perez starting tomorrow night. You, I was just going to say, how can we a, worry about Jose Barrios when we got Perez and Gibby a, starting the next that two? That was a semicolon, not a period between those two. Oh, but there are my head hurts. there are games where you're like, okay, look, pitching advantage, us. I said it coming into the Cleveland series. First two games, favor the Indians pitching-wise. Yep. Second two, favor the Twins. So if you split that, you should feel okay about that. And he's right, though. Jose Barrios' start, you did not win that ball game. I mean, you only scored and three stuff runs. Stuff was so. not great, if, but I mean, this. But listen, listen. This flip side, he only gave up the couple. And runs. you know what, guys? This all goes back to the conversation that we had throughout the month of July, which is you need a starter to put to put either slightly above him or below him, but you need more there. And the problem is, the caller's not wrong, but Derek, as you just said, the next two starts now are Martin Perez. We have no idea. We we can probably safely say uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that if. If Pineda was available, Perez is in the bullpen tomorrow night, not starting that game. And then Gibson starts, and Gibson's last game was uh, awful. I mean, that Thursday night, that that tone-setting start was just terrible. Yeah. So it's hard. So, yeah. Did, did Barrios give you what you would have hoped for exactly on Sunday? Absolutely not. But the problem is... The conversation here goes See, so much deeper than that. I know. I know the stuff isn't as impressive with Brios as it was earlier in the season, or in, or, in, or in certain starts earlier in the season. But to me, and I will say, don't judge the results. But with the pitcher, really, all you can judge is the results. And the guy has been as consistently good as anybody in Major League Baseball. When you look at the consistency that you get, start after start after start after start, he might not be dominant all the time, right? but he's as consistently good as anybody in baseball right now. And in 2019, you get six innings, three runs or less, you take that and you're happy with it. And it's completely fair to sit here right now and say this. The Twins starting pitching and Cleveland's, the Twins don't match up. Like, they're not close right now. No. Like, it's that's, just not even that's close. That's not where you win that matchup. It's just not close. You're right. And the problem is this. If your offense can't take that pitching and score 8 to 10 runs, you're going to be in trouble. Or let's say, or heck, let's say 5 to 8 runs. You're going to be in trouble. Savali was brilliant yesterday. This kid was brilliant. That was fun to watch. He's been good, man. He works quickly. And, and, and here's something else, too. Gibby. Gibby, I hope you watched the past four games. Because did you see those Cleveland starters get baseball, get on rubber, throw baseball? Like, bang, bang, bang. There's no, I'm going to throw the first base 8,000 times. Are you saying this from a performance standpoint or the guy who has to sit up in the press box? For no, for both. On ends no, no I'm, okay. no, no, I'm saying I don't think that it's a coincidence that guys who, I agree. who are effective and get the ball, get the sign, and throw the, the ball have success. I agree. I don't think that's an accident. And I think that when you become obsessed with the guy on first for, and I don't even know why, that that becomes a problem. And it was on Thursday. And that was an awful way to start that series. I think it just, for Gibson, it's simple. It's you got to throw more strikes than that to have a chance to sure. be successful. 
That's been the thing for right. him yeah. for two years. Throw it in the strike but zone. But dude, you're 30 now, right? Yeah, like, or getting there anyway. Do it. 31, I think. Is that right? Is, yeah. It's a walk year, right? 31 or 32. He is a free agent it's this season. It's a walk season. year. Come on. <laughs> yeah, 23. The Twins need um, better starting pitching. If Nelson Cruz gets healthy, in short order, that helps. Byron Buxton, if he becomes more than a rumor at some point and uh, actually a mainstay in center field. And he's doing nothing right now still, right? Not to my knowledge. I saw him yesterday, but... No, it, but I mean as far as baseball activities, he's not He's not even close to doing baseball not, activities. Not yet. that I've heard. Okay. I said, not, first, yeah. first hour of the show, I said nothing is imminent in terms of a Byron Buxton return. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But they, they need to get healthy. That's one. They need to... Get their pitching back on track. Martin Perez could do wonders for him and for the Twins on Tuesday night against the Brewers. But to have any hope of of still playing winning baseball and winning this division against a red-hot Indians team, I think you need both of those things to happen, and the sooner the better. Still a few minutes. If uh, you want to hop on the Twins vent line, 651-646-8255, or tweet us at SKOR North. You're listening to the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks, magic number 45. We're back after this on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Bomba. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Time for a Score North download. It's brought to you by My Pillow, and it is a reminder for you to join Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar this Wednesday for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and the Colorado Rapids. Pre-game at 6:30 with the kick at 7 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and that fabulous and wonderful free Score North mobile app. I think for the city in general that's kind of in panic mode right now, everything's going to be fine. And that's how we take it in here. So I know there's a lot of talk of, oh, you know, the lead is what it is. We lost it. We also started the year off. We were both even with, you know, Cleveland, and we got to a point where we were up. So it's the same as opening day all over again. You know, we got there one time. Might as well continue to do it again. There's Jake Odorizzi. I almost called him. This I almost score North first place he, twins show. He gave that quote. I almost talked. I said, Jake, this is the greatest <laughs> quote. It's Saturday night. I don't even care. It's a Saturday night. I love that quote. It was just so fantastic. Is he right? Oh no, of course he's not. Oh. <laughs> oh, he's not even close to being right. Like he's he's like Johnny come mean? lately gonna come here and tell me what's what, but it's still a great quote. Well, no, he didn't say he didn't tell you how to feel. He just said that's not how they feel. He's he basically said, I get it. I understand why why twins fans feel this way, but that's not that's not the feeling in here. And it shouldn't be. What you think you think that they it should be gloom and doom in there, that they should be saying they're going, Oh, here it goes again. I felt, sports. I felt that he was trying. <laughs> I felt well, yes, yes, I do. First it was Gary Anderson, <laughs> and now it's Jake Odorizzi. <laughs> I feel that he was trying though to say that, that, that he that like hey, back off, a, guys. He's annoyed because we're panicked. But it was an eleven and a half game lead, so we're not wrong. And, and I felt that his stance was just calm down. It's going to be fine. We we've got this. And all I got to say to that is famous last words. We got this. Don't worry about it. Rami, do you think he was right? I mean, you haven't been in. Yeah, you get it now because you you thought the twi- the Timberwolves were going to win the NBA draft lottery, and then they moved down, and uh-huh. that's how it works here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so you get it. But you still don't have the like lifelong imprints that say Judd or Manny or myself would have. 
Is I mean, Jake no, Odorizzi I'm, right about this? Look, I grew up a Cubs fan, and until 2016, oh, okay. <laughs> that was not a, really a pleasant experience, okay? It was, it was a lot of setting me up for disappointment and then delivering on said disappointment. Like, that was my life for 36 <laughs> years. So I understand that feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I'm not telling Twins fans they shouldn't feel that way. Neither is Jake Odorizzi. He's just saying, look... That's not how we feel. That's not that's that has no bearing on this team and this clubhouse. Okay, but and Rami, nor should it. But Rami, here's the deal, though. It's not just baseball in this town. It's every sport. No, I get it. I and, get it. And Jake I actually understand. did say that. Jake said the Vikings. I, I think so. He he re- referred to the fact that our paranoia runs very deep and is long. Um, I think the only player in that clubhouse, and, and I thank Jake. So thank you, great quote, fantastic talker, love it, do it at every time. But I think if I'm the Twins, the only player that I would want to give me that quote from that clubhouse is Nelson Cruz. Because if Nelson Cruz says it, he's 39 years old, I I think there's no question that he basically leads that clubhouse. Um, He's played in World Series. Yeah, beyond beyond that, I mean, it's a great quote. And from our jobs, I am telling every player out there, Run your, run, your mind. run your mouth and speak your mind, and I will always say thank you, and I'll say please before I ask the question. But I think if I'm internally, if I'm the Twins, I think probably the one guy I want to give that quote is Nelson Cruz, and beyond that, I just like the boys to go play baseball. Sure. Nelson Cruz is not going to do it while he's on the injured list, but I and get Nelson Cruz is not going to do it, period. That's the other thing. <laughs> Here's more odor, is he quote, we've got to go out and do our jobs, but it's easy to find panic. There's no panic in here. We know what type of team we are, and at some point... They're going to slow down and not win in an 800 clip or whatever they've been doing, 7-Eleven. We've got to go weather the storm and hopefully go, well, he said whatever, opening. He says, we got to weather the storm and hopefully go back up, end quote. And I get what Rami's saying. Like I, I do. Yeah. I think he's right. Like I, he's probably annoyed at people being he frustrated. He is. I'm just guessing for him here. No, but no, like, they are. They, they are probably. To what Trevor May said. I believe it was in Cleveland. Okay. May May said about a month ago, fans should calm down. Oh, it, it was okay. after the All-Star break. Right after the All-Star break. He was May getting a back, lot of smoke on Twitter. May came back and said, people need to calm down. And, and so I think the pitchers have be, have talked about this. Sure. So Jake was sort of piggybacking off what May's message was approximately a month ago. Here's more. As a player... Playing in a city that has a history of up and down to let the people know that's not how we view things. We're not Minnesota people (laughs) that have gone through those. I'm just reading the quotes here. We're here to win, and we're a pretty darn good team so far this year. Just hang in there. There's still a lot of games left, end quote, by Jake Odorizzi. I think his mentality is right, you guys. Oh, yeah, no, no. I I think it is, too. What I'm saying is... People don't want to hear it. And if this does not go as planned... I'm going to dig up those quotes as quickly as I can in October and regurgitate them in a column that will have a strong headline starting with Zolgad colon. <laughs> no, he's not wrong. <laughs> it's mana, though. The quotes are mana. They're great. They're fantastic. And and the problem is, in this godforsaken town, there's a good fighting chance that he, that that while I think his heart's in the right place, the fact that they're annoyed about something that we all are saying, but boys, think about it, we're not wrong either. I think he has a winner's mentality here. I actually appreciate the way he's going about it. I guess if I'm uh, 
levying criticism. It's like Twins players don't don't care what we think, don't care what fans think, don't care they what the score in our first place Twins show says. Absolutely shouldn't care what we think. It shouldn't make all. any difference to their day. But but now what he has to do back it up. is continue to shelve. Back it up. Like you've now now you've got to go out. Basically, your next four starts have to be bleeping. I think really he will. Good. I don't feel like there's any added pressure because he said this. Why is there added pressure? Because, because if you're going to tell me to now calm it's down, him and Jose and then who do else? your job. Then do your job and don't have any blips. I only think there's added pressure because it's like it's him and Jose and then what? Right. Until Michael Pineda gets back. So there's there's pressure on no, the but guys I, I who... I just mean added pressure because of the comments. Not at all. On top oh, of- tell me to calm down, then you better damn do your your job really, really well. How'd Rogers play after the R-E-L-A-X? Really good. He went out... Uh, He's also Aaron Rodgers. Not, not MVP, making... Not Jake Odorizzi. Type of numbers. Not making a talent comparison. I'm just curious in how a lot of people said the same thing. Yet, if you're going to say this... Back it up. Yeah. Funny. It's funny. Those I didn't yeah. know. R E L A S. Oh, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff exactly running the tabloid at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. If the New York Post is good enough for Post, good enough that's for Score North. He's doing that. He was just saying, I get why you guys are freaking out, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys have lived through all this trauma he as did Minnesota say hang sports in fans. But, he said, but we haven't. But but the key to the quote um, among the ones that we played and that Derek read, the key to the quote to me is. It's going to be fun. Okay. But if that's the case, Win the division, do your job. They're going to beat Cleveland. You still got what six left against Cleveland? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sweep, sweep six games. Sure, win them all. Prove, prove me wrong. Prove me that the Indians aren't this great story. That their pitching isn't superior. 40, prove me wrong. Forty-four games to go for both teams. Identical records. It all Indians comes down to play this. tonight, right? They do. Well, hopefully this is still the Score North first place Twins show. Tied for first place. We could shave one off the magic number tonight without even playing a ball game. That's true. Either way, it'll be live.